Hey, everyone, my name is George Davis, and I, too, want to thank you for joining our services here at the Hershey Free Church online. If you've got a Bible, I'm going to ask you to turn with me to Psalm 27. As you're turning there, let me just remind you to check out our Sunday bulletin. You can find that at hfcinfo.com. You can find sermon notes. You'll find our weekly devotional guide to help you kind of follow up with what you're going to be hearing today. You'll also find a connection card. We'd love to know that you're with us if you are new. So I I just encourage you to check that out at some point at hfcinfo.com. Speaking of upcoming events, let me also invite you to something I'm really excited about as we kind of start fall, as our schedules change. Our next worship night is scheduled for Saturday, September 12th. That's going to be at 7 p.m. here at the church parking lot. Just bring a lawn chair, bring your smartphone for the lyrics, and join us. So that's coming up September 12th at 7 p.m. So now let's come to Psalm 27. Recently, I found myself drawn into this new show on uh, Amazon Prime. It's called The World's Toughest Race. I don't know if you've seen it or not. Some of you probably have. In this competition, more than 60 teams from around the world competed in a 400-mile race around and on the island of Fiji. Uh, This race included open water canoeing, trekking through the jungle, mountain climbing, paddle boarding. It was a nonstop challenge for the teams involved. And frankly, I got to be honest with you, as I watched it, I had no desire to be part of this competition, no desire to be on one of these teams, but I kept being drawn in to the story. There was something about this experience that just kind of captivated my attention. I was even captivated by the stories of the teams that ultimately withdrew from the competition as they talked about how invigorating and inspiring this race was. And as I sat there watching, I realized what was so powerful in watching this for me was simply this truth. These people are living life as an adventure. Now, while I have no plans to compete in a race like this, there was something compelling about the way they lived. I readily admit how much I enjoy my, my comfortable, controlled life when I have access to it. And yet, there was something powerful about watching these people live life as an adventure. Today, we continue our journey through the book of Psalms as we're focusing on the theme of renewal. You know, we're about to launch into fall. For some of us, maybe school is starting, our schedules are changing, and this, this is an important time to be renewed. As we've been in the Psalms over the last couple of weeks, we've, we've talked about renewing our, our soul and renewing our peace. But this morning, we're going to talk about renewing our courage. Because the reality is life really is intended to be lived as an adventure. And we're going to see this theme of courage in Psalm 27. In fact, I think it's, it's a theme you can trace throughout Scripture. In fact, as you pay serious attention to the people who followed God and in the New Testament to the people who followed Jesus, more and more you realize that they, they were invited to live life as an adventure. And because they, they were invited to live life as an adventure, it required courage. And really, the simple truth I want to share with you today is this. Following Christ, following Christ requires courage. It requires courage. To show you what I mean, let's now come to uh, Psalm 27. Now, as we come to this psalm, you need to understand it really breaks down into several sections in the, in the opening six verses. 
David, the author of the psalm, uh, expresses his confidence in God. His, he, he is powerful in, in expressing how confident he is in God and the character of God. But then he moves to prayer in verses 7 through 12. It's almost like, you know, I'm confident in God, but you know, but I'm still feeling the pressure of these circumstances. I'm confident in God, and yet there are obstacles that are right in my face right now. So we feel that, that tension in this text. He's confident, and yet he's praying for God's presence and for God's deliverance. And then, uh, then we get to the end of the psalm, and right at the end of the psalm, Uh, it it closes as David is actually speaking to himself. In a real sense, he's preaching to himself. And here's how the passage ends. And and here is where that theme of courage really comes to the fore. David says, I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. And notice this, be strong and take heart. In other words, be courageous and wait for the Lord. Now, as you and I read this, I think it is possible for us to kind of look at each other and say, okay, you know what? That's, that's great for David. David needed to think in these terms. After all, David, David was a king. David led armies into battle. David had to lead a nation that was surrounded by other hostile countries. Of course, his life required courage, but that's David's life. <laughs> that's not mine. I'm not a king. I'm not ever going to be trekking 400 miles through the jungles of Fiji. My life is is different. So, why do I, why do I need courage? Well, you know what? You're right. Your life, my life, they're very different than the life of David. And, And there were challenges, responsibilities that he experienced that are never going to be a part of our experience. And nonetheless, you and I still need courage. And and here's what I think we see in this passage that helps us understand why we need courage. I, I would put it this way. I need courage because I am limited and life is complicated. I need courage because I am limited and life is complicated. Let's look at how the psalm opens. This is Psalm 27 verses 1 and 2. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemies and foes who will stumble and fall. Now notice notice just a couple of things about how this passage opens. First of all, notice the theme of fear, right, in the opening part. Whom shall I fear? Of whom shall I be afraid? You see that refrain making reference to fear here. And the fact that for David, the fact that fear is even a possibility is an indication that, you know, there are elements in his environment that are beyond his control. There are things in his future that he doesn't know about. Yes, yes, he's king. He's a powerful king in that region, but he's still limited. He's still human. And you know what? That, that's, that's true for us as well. We have limitations. Right now, you and I are in a, in a situation that is beyond our control. We're all in the midst of this COVID reality, and in different ways, we're encountering factors that are beyond our control. Furthermore, we don't know what the future holds. We don't know what 
medical treatments are going to be developed or what changes are going to come our way. We don't know the timetable of any of that. All of that, there's, these are great question marks for us. It's the unknown. And the reality is we are limited. I, I need courage, just like David, because I'm limited. But notice not only do I need courage because I'm limited, I also need courage because life, life is complicated. Look at a second element in the opening part of this psalm. David makes reference to kind of his enemies, the wicked, his enemies, his foes. And the reality for David is this. It's not simply that he's limited. He doesn't control his circumstances completely. He doesn't know the future. The reality is there there are obstacles in his path. There are enemies at work in his life. His life is complicated. And once again, this, this is true for you, and it's true for me. I, I need courage, not simply because I'm limited, but also because my life is complicated. And the truth is, for some of us right now, you may be facing very significant complications, complexities, roadblocks, obstacles that maybe you weren't expecting as you went into this year. Maybe it's a health issue that has become more acute in the last few months. Maybe yours has been one of the jobs that's really been affected by the COVID experience. And and as a result, you're now trying to figure out how to navigate life on a lower level of income. Maybe for you, your life has simply gotten complicated because of the isolation that you've experienced during this season. And see, the truth is this. Yes, my, my life is never going to look like David's. Your life is never going to look like David's, but I need courage because I am limited and life is complicated. Now, I think at this point, it it would be helpful to to give us a simple definition of what courage is. So here's just a simple way to describe courage. Courage is the willingness to risk in the face of uncertainty. It's the willingness to risk in the face of uncertainty. Of uncertainty. Now, let me be clear in, in giving us this definition. Courage isn't, it's, it's not foolishness. Courage isn't a failure to plan or think through things carefully. It's not bravado. It's not even being fearless because, in fact, we can be courageous even when fear is present. Courage is simply a willingness, despite all of that, to risk in the face of of uncertainty. And here's one reason I think courage is so important. Because I'm limited, because life is complicated, there are going to be all sorts of opportunities for fear to creep into my life. And that's true for you as well. It's going to happen. For instance, at, at, at different times over the last few months, you may have been fearful for different reasons. I think all of us at some point in the last six months have gone through that. And, and if that's happened to you, don't be surprised by that. That's to be expected. The problem comes when that fear becomes immobilizing. So let me ask you a personal question. Are there ways that fear immobilizes you? Are there ways that fear immobilizes you? Maybe because of fear, I get, you know what, I get stuck in analyzing every detail of my situation. Maybe I I get stuck because I fear doing the wrong thing or making the wrong decision. 
Maybe fear affects me because I will only do things that get affirmation from others. Maybe fear causes me to be self-focused and and self-absorbed, so I lose sight of other people around me. Maybe I'm immobilized by fear because I keep imagining all the different what-ifs, all the different things that could happen, even though most of them never come to pass. So here's the bottom line. Your life, my life, are going to produce opportunities for fear. And if I lack courage, if I lack a willingness to risk, that fear can become immobilizing. In fact, we may even try to to shrink down our lives to, to control it because we are so fearful. But you know, that's that's not how Jesus invites us to live. I mean, think about the experience, think about the experience of the disciples for a moment. I mean, think about Peter. So here Peter was uh, apparently a successful fisherman, really a small business owner on the northwestern shores of the Sea of Galilee. Life was good and things were going well. He had a rhythm day by day, week by week, month by month. And then he was introduced to Jesus. And he became a follower of Christ. And, and through his interaction with Jesus, his relationship with Jesus, he, would, he started to travel and visit places that he'd never been before. He saw things he'd never seen before. He heard teaching he'd never heard before. Ultimately, he experienced the agony and the uncertainty, the pain and the grief of Jesus' death, only to be surprised with wonder and awe at Jesus' resurrection. And he becomes a leader in the early Christian community, and that leadership responsibility takes him to all parts of the ancient world. It was an amazing adventure, but it, it was a life that required courage. Interestingly, uh, William Barclay has said this about the experience of Jesus' disciples. He wrote, Jesus promised his disciples three things, that they would be completely fearless, absurdly happy, and in constant trouble. And that really was their experience. It was an amazing adventure, but it was an adventure that required courage. And we see this not only in the the experiences of the disciples, but we see it also in the teachings of Jesus that they heard. Think for a moment about uh, a parable Jesus tells in Matthew 25, right? It's it's the story of a wealthy individual, perhaps a wealthy landowner who goes off on a journey. While he's gone, he leads his wealth, his assets, in the charge of three of his servants with the expectation that they're going to increase his wealth while he's gone. So finally, he comes back and he checks in with these three to see how they've done. And the first two describe what they've done and they report how the wealth under their management has grown. But then the third one says this, so I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. (laughs) In other words, I was immobilized by fear. I was unwilling to risk And Jesus states very clearly in the parable, you know what? That's not how I'm inviting you to live. So once again, we see following Christ requires courage. So so how do we grow in this? How do we we develop this? What does does that look like? Well, let's, let's now go back to the end of the psalm. 
And this is the part where David is actually addressing himself, right? Remember, he starts by kind of expressing his confidence in God, then he prays to God because he feels the pressure. And right at the end, he speaks to himself. He preaches to himself. And, and as he does so, I think we, we see two clues, two themes that are important for us if we're going to develop courage as well. So how do we develop courage? What do I need to do to develop courage? Well, here's what we're going to see right at the end of the passage. What do I need to do? I need to wait, and I need to walk. I need to wait, and I need to walk. Let me show you this as we go to the very end of Psalm 27. The psalmist says this, Wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart, and wait for the Lord. So first of all, he says, wait. Now, we need to hear this very clearly because it's easy to misunderstand what he's saying here. Often, maybe you hear the word wait, and maybe it's, you know, I'm just going to sit around and do nothing, and kind of like I'm waiting for someone, you know, to come over. It it feels very passive, but but that's that's not the emphasis of the term that David uses here. The, the idea of, of waiting here includes the idea of waiting with a sense of expectation, right? It's, it's waiting with an expectation, you know what, that God is at work, God is with me. In fact, I think there's a sense of, of focus in that expectation, right? I'm, okay, in the midst of all that's going on, I need to wait. I need to be focused on, on God and the reality that he is with me, and I need to remind myself of that truth, in fact, that's exactly what's, what David does earlier in this psalm. For instance, in verse 4, he says, One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Right? One thing I'm going to focus on, one thing that is going to be central to me, and that is the presence of God. It's almost like David, you know, he's, he's got these enemies, he's, these opponents, these complexities in life. And he says, you know what? I'm not going to be distracted by that. In the midst of all of this, in the midst of all the ways that fear could immobilize me and distract me, I'm going to wait. I'm going to stay focused on the reality that God is with me and he is at work. And I think this is important for us as well. In the midst of all that we're going through right now, we need to wait. We need to keep coming back to this central focus. God is with me. God is at work. And let me kind of give you two concrete examples of of how we can do that. First of all, I think to to wait on the Lord this way, uh, it helps to have other people who are on the same journey with us. Now, maybe for you, over the last few weeks and months, part of the hardship of the COVID experience has just been the isolation. It's been the separation. And so let me particularly encourage those of you that are part of our church, but you really haven't gotten connected. Let me encourage you to check out uh, this evening's starter group and and just explore what it might be like for you to be part of a Live Love Lead group, to develop relationships with other people that are moving in the same direction. Because when we are in this together and when we know other people are with us, that becomes helpful in waiting for the Lord, re- reminding ourselves that, you know what, God is at work, God is with me. God is at work, God is with me. One other kind of practical thing that I would suggest in terms of waiting would be this. Memorize, memorize this verse. I mean, it's, it's really short, right? Wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. 
Memorize, memorize the verse, and in those moments, even perhaps this week, where you know, you're starting to feel your anxiety go up, or there's some things that are really circling your mind that are intensifying your fear, allow this verse to help you refocus. Okay, take a deep breath. Okay, wait for the Lord. <laughs> Be strong and take heart. Wait for the Lord. And allow, allow this verse and, and allowing uh, the memory of this verse to help you just come back to the truth that, you know what, God is at work and God is with me. So we need to wait for the Lord. But not only do we need to wait, we need to walk. And here's where I see that in this verse. Notice the middle part, be strong and take heart. Um, One scholar notes that you can translate that second verb this way. Don't quit. Don't quit. And I think that the idea of being strong and take heart here, this idea of courage includes the idea of keep moving forward. Keep taking next steps. And interestingly, notice David says, wait for the Lord, walk, be strong and take heart, and then wait for the Lord. It's almost like he envisions this this process. Take a step and remind yourself of of who God is, and then then take that next step in following him and engaging your circumstances well, and then remind yourself of who God is. And it's it's almost like David envisions this as a process, that as we go through life, we need to, at different points, right, in an ongoing way, we need to... refocus and recenter. And as we do that, then we're able to continue taking positive next steps in our particular circumstances. And in the course of that, I think we develop courage. So we need to wait and we need to walk. Let me just tell you in, 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 in a real kind of practical way what this has looked like for my family recently. Uh, one of our sons, our youngest son, was headed back to college several weeks ago, and and the weekend before before he left, we were notified that they, in, in preparing his dorm room, had discovered bats in his dorm room, and so he would be moved to temporary housing. And so, all the reality was, okay, here's something we didn't expect that that's he's now got to deal with. Another one of our sons graduated from college earlier in the year and has just started a new job. He was supposed to be moving to Arizona, but now all of that's on hold. So instead of working in Arizona, he's working in our basement. Once again, it was unexpected. And so we've, we've got this, these unexpected um, realities that come with our own set, sets of, of, of frustrations and distractions. In the middle of that, it's, it's just been a good opportunity for us and our family and conversations to, to wait and walk. Okay, let's... I know this isn't what we expected, but let's just remember, okay, God is with us. God is with you in your new college experience. God is with you working in our basement. And so wait and walk. Allow yourself to refocus on the reality that God is with you and God is at work. And then, okay, now in my situation, what are, what are next steps? What does wisdom look like? What does obedience look like? And that's that's the journey that we've been on as a family, even over these last couple of weeks as we've had to deal with the unexpected realities and complications that are coming our way. Wait and walk. This is, this is the journey we're invited to lead because following Christ requires courage. That's the invitation of this passage, to wait and to walk. And that's really my invitation to you as as we start a new week. And, And now as we prepare to start a new week, I just wanted to spend a moment 
praying for you. Some of you are going back to school. Some of you are in the educational field, so you're going back to work. And, and yet it's not going to be what you expected. And so this becomes a challenge. It becomes a place where it easily you can easily be distracted or overwhelmed by the frustrations or the things that are different. This is a place where you're invited to wait and walk. A place where you're invited, okay, I need to come back to the truth that God is with me. God is at work. And with that in mind, take next steps. So let me pray for us as we start a new week. And for many of us, start the fall semester. Gracious God, as we have seen in this passage, we are invited to renew our courage. In fact, throughout scripture, the the journey of following Jesus is a journey that requires courage. And I pray that we would embrace that this week. We're, we're a little tired, I think, many of us. There's ongoing frustration with the new realities that we are engaging. But in the midst of that, I pray that we could wait and we could walk. Father, I, I thank you that even in the midst of the uncertainty, you are with us and you are at work. And I particularly pray this week for students that are going back to school, for people in the education field that are going back to classrooms or teaching online or whatever their responsibilities look like. This really is a different season. It's a stretching season. It's a season where fear can kick in in so many ways, where so many frustrations and distractions can just take root. And in the midst of that, Father, I pray for people in our church who's going back to that routine this week, that, that you would empower them, enable them to wait and walk. And Father, we thank you that, that even in the midst of this, you are at work. We thank you that, that with David, we can have confidence that despite the complexities, despite the circumstances, you're with us. And, and may that foster this pattern of developing courage. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Once again, I want to thank you for joining us, and uh, some of you are new, so I encourage you to check out our bulletin, and if you would, sign out, our connect, sign, out, uh, uh, sign out our Connect card. We'd love to know that you were here with us, and we'd love the opportunity to connect with you. Also, uh, I just encourage you, if you're watching on Sunday morning, to uh, join us in hanging out in our virtual lobby, and you can uh, find information for how to do that right after the service at hfcinfo.com. Now, as we start a new week, I pray that this will be a week where you wait and walk. Amen.